Hey there, Sean. Hey, Pierce. How's it going? It's pretty okay. All right. That means it's time for another episode of the It's Pretty Okay podcast. Let's do it. Let's start the show. Watch you go across the street like a dream out my window. Sucking nicotine down my throat. Thinking of you giving Okay, uh, we made it through 400 and we didn't spontaneously combust, so uh, we're, we're back. Um, I mean, really, really given that we've had a couple of lost episodes and such, this is probably more like 405 than 401, but, you know, who cares? Um, and as as we all sort of sit at some sort of desk space in our respective homes, I think, uh, I think Pierce, the topic that you're bringing us this week feels sort of especially relevant. Yeah. I think, well, last week, Sean, you and I talked about my weird light bulb, uh, odyssey and, and I'm in a space that I have, revamped a little bit which in many ways doubles down triples down on the fact that like i do work from here and i don't want it to just be a space that i work from and i think we've we've kind of talked about that previously about the difficulty of having having an office-ish space where you live in, in like a, a single purpose room feels really stupid or or it feels like a a world of too plenty and that that's that's kind of icky in some ways um, but I found myself like two things have happened recently. One, I was I was like on the couch in a phone call today, a work phone call, which is a place that I often am. And that's such a weird existence. And yet it is so normal now. I, I was like, huh, I guess this was weird. But now it's just it's the way. And the other thing is, is I was talking to some of like my leaders at work and they were talking about um how to get people back in the office there are carrots there are sticks and i say we just want one day and then people make excuses for not being there for that one day and we just kind of want to get in and be together and the thing i find myself saying when folks bring that up is that we are talking about this and in in the instance i'm saying it's it's a we of of other people who have been working for some period of time and remember the types of conversations, the types of experiences you have, have in an office that are organic and not necessarily structured. And the same could probably be said for, for the way we socialize to a degree. I mean, so much of, I think, socialization now, it's like, yeah, I, can, I can just text the person or, or we can have a, a FaceTime call or whatever. It's fine. But I think that was the big thing for me is people who know the way it used to be are saying like, why don't these people who have no experience in that world, honestly, I mean, that's uh, four years going, you know, propelling to five is a long time in the working world. And so to have this expectation that other people have the same experience as you and will have the same values is a big ask. That said, we have all now spanned both of these worlds. And almost as a check-in, as, as you know, we've all been meeting on Skype for 401 plus times, um, doing that in your 
day-to-day working world, is it getting exhausting? And I, I think all of you have had some experiences that have bounced back and forth more recently than I have. And I'm kind of curious how you're feeling about it, especially in that idea of getting people to return, but maybe trying to get people to return who were never there to begin with. So it's not even a return. Uh, so I, I will say that my first, one of my first reactions is that, you know, you, you were telling us a little bit about this before we started recording and you said that the, the sort of higher ups were dangling, like, well, we'll all get lunch as like a carrot for, for getting people to come in one day a week. And I just, the thing that I couldn't stop thinking was the people that want these lower level employees to come into the office have no fucking idea what is an effective carrot to get people to come in because I just like, and part right. of part of that is that like uh, with, I'm not sure there is an effective carrot for someone who is never like for someone who has entered the professional world knowing only working from home. I, I just like, I, I, and, and it's not, that's not the same as saying that there are no benefits to being in the office, but like, I don't, I don't think there is <laughs> it's like, like, it's like, it's like, Hey, I'll give you, I'll give you a hundred dollars to ride a unicycle. It's like, I don't know, man, I've never ridden a unicycle before. I could fall down and break my face. Yeah. Well, I, I think that the, like when they go to the extreme, like the places that say, we will feed you every meal, that is an effective carrot. But like some places try to say like, oh, we'll get you. Like they don't understand that one lunch every month is not equivalent to we will feed that, you every meal and you never have that's to cook. What I'm, that's what I mean. I mean, yeah. I mean on this like temporary, on this sort of like installment basis, I don't think that someone who you allow to work remotely on their terms – you know, four days a week or 29 days a month. Like, I don't think we're all going to get lunch today. Like that, you have no idea. Uh, that person might be losing money by the time they commute. Yeah. Well, yeah. Max, so Max, I, I, and I think of you here because imagine, imagine in a lot of this is similar to me. If you had to go into an office, even, even once, even if you do it that once, these are the things that you would lose. One, you would have to figure out something to do with your dog. That costs money. You would have to go into the office. You'd have to find a way to get there. Where you live, you would have to take a car. Most places, you would probably take a car. You used to take a car to work. So you have to have a car, and you have to pay to get to the, the car there. And then additionally, if you're like me, uh, you use the time you're working or on phone calls to prepare dinner. All of a sudden, you've lost that time, so either you make that up once you get home, or you might be like, well, you know, this is a day that I'm going to eat out. Like, there are so many cascading things that, like, even for me, someone who appreciates it, it's like, your carrot becomes a stick that hits me right in the eye. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm saying. Like, you can appeal for for people like us, like, we've all worked in offices before, and, like, I, I think you could appeal to the four of us to like come back and, and understand the the benefits of being together and in like a collaborative working environment in person. But for someone who 
has never done it and has like been able to build their whole their routine their life routine for what is essentially their entire adult professional life to date around having these flexibilities like i i and and i'm not i'm not saying you should just like give up the ghost and not try to get people to come in i'm just saying like if you're gonna do it just acknowledge the stick just fucking make it mandatory people are not gonna like it you're gonna lose some people to it there's gonna be some attrition based on that but like eventually you get over it How, how much how much like mild inconvenience do you put up with from you know from your work i I mean maybe maybe we are used to putting up with more of it you know than people who have come into the workforce during during and and after the sort of height of pandemic changing the way we do everything but like i i just i think i'm of the opinion that like either either you set a schedule and you say this is the time that you come in to the office you can take it or leave it or it <clears throat> ooh, voice crack there um or you just like don't don't bother to be like well we'll all we'll get sandwiches i i think this this these carrots are totally misaligned like if companies want employees in an office, they should be able to articulate why they want that. Yes. And the carrots should support why they want that. So, like, wanting me to go into an office and giving me a free lunch is kind of you admitting that going into the office is a burden, and so you're hmm. making up for it. When yeah. going into the office should be improving something for the company or for my, myself career-wise, ideally both. But they don't sell it that way. So I feel like a lot of tech companies are like, oh, come back into the office. And it's like, oh, like, are the people that I work with regularly in that office? And they're like, well, no. And it's like, well, so why do you want me there? And I, I, I think that office culture promotes a lot of things that are good for the – that can be good for a company like creativity and kind of working together, things like that. But you have to frame the carrot around those things also being good for an individual and their career because I just don't think that – counteracting it with essentially benefits like a free lunch that basically just admits like hey this thing sucks we're gonna try to make it a little better well maybe don't make it suck like i just (laughs) i don't know i I feel like it's that's why you're gonna get that reaction like people that have never been in an office don't understand the benefit of it and you said they've built their careers that way it's like okay well hey you come into an office and you'll get a one-on-one like in-person meeting with the someone that your boss's boss's boss and you can ask them anything or like there are there are other things that that you can do that kind of change the culture of the company to be more open and kind of kind of teach people why there are benefits both for their careers and for the company that can only be achieved in office and if they can't do that then that company has no business forcing people to be in an office yeah uh, and, and- yeah, that creativity and and collaboration, and I I like the way you put that, which is like, you shouldn't have to give me a carrot. Like I should just be able to buy into why this is important, and that's kind of the point I make sometimes. Is like, I know why it's important. You don't need to sell me, and you don't even really need to sell, but it should just be a known thing. And if if you can't define that anymore, then like. Maybe it's not important anymore. I mean, that's part. Of it. Max, you just said you think it is important, and I don't disagree with you. But if you're I, not, I think able- it's important for 
a lot of companies. I don't know yeah. that there's a blanket rule. I don't. Yeah. And, no. and if you can't articulate it, then yeah, maybe it's not. And that, that's probably okay. And that's why I asked you all like how you feel about it. You know, Kevin, I know with you, you know, the as I said, we had a we had a discussion last week about, you know, your ability to do imagining you doing work in a coffee shop versus me. And there are pros and cons for both of us. But I think mm-hmm. for your work, you do more so than me individual stuff. And and I uh, sometimes I think that's great. But I also know that even if it feels individual, you you yearn to go into an office. And and I think that that is really fascinating because I think individual work, not so much office, but you you seem to think that the office culture adds a lot. Yeah, I think that um, like a lot of a lot of uh, people in my industry would would agree Um the um uh, like the people who think it's important are going to make it happen i guess is like i i'm only not in an office due to like a family reason i don't strive to be remote forever um and you know while i can while i do work alone with stuff um there's a lot of visual elements uh to like how we're laying out our circuits and stuff and like it would be very nice to be able to go and uh, do the proverbial whiteboard with with coworkers, <laughs> or if there is a like if there's a part of uh, if there's like a part of the design that I don't understand that someone else does, like it's just it, there's a lot more of a barrier with sending a chat message and having to like clarify and follow up versus if I just like went over ten feet, they'd be like, hey, like can you give me a two second answer to this? So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that. I think a lot of companies should be able to kind of allow people to um, like, like do what works for them and they'll probably pick the thing that makes sense for their specific team. And if there's someone who is, you know, if there's someone who's picking an option that doesn't fit with the rest of the team, then maybe you can, can go from there and be like, look, the, there's a reason why you're struggling on this team. It's like everyone's kind of in a different spot than you. Um, well, and yeah. And I'm glad you mentioned the whiteboard because, you know, there's, there's a a joke in in there about um you know engineers expressing themselves and they express themselves differently and and maybe they're not as good at certain areas but but i do think it's important like if you are in person you add another way for people to express themselves and like that's sometimes the benefit of being together is like I may not be able to verbalize what I'm thinking, but I could draw it. And it's much easier to draw on a whiteboard and then have people who are, who are you know, visual learners doing that. So like that's part of it when you're not together is you you are limiting, limiting things. But also to your point, if you're trying to decide as a group what's best, like, I don't know. I, I think I do a pretty good job just listening to people. Like I, I don't put video on for my calls very often. I'm sure I could. And some people do hand motions and that might help things along. But for me, I'm like, I've chosen the way I learn. And maybe I am being not inclusive by not considering that. And I think it's the, the way you learn is exactly right. Like it's like Kevin made a point of, you know, being in the office is easy to walk up and ask him a question. But like, in my old job, I was in an office and there was a group of us, maybe 10 people, and we didn't walk across the office to talk to each other. We were all just on Slack. No one was ever talking in person. They were just slacking across the desk. So that was like, you see that team and it's like, yeah, put them remote. And yet, ironically, 
they're not allowed to work remotely because that's city government. Yeah. Um, and then another thing is like, depending on how people communicate, like this is a different situation for me because I've never worked in the same company with the same culture, both in person or remote. I switched at the same time as, as COVID. But I know for me, being on Slack um, tends to flatten the organization in a way that I really appreciate. Like I'm totally comfortable slacking a C-level person at my Fortune 500 company but I wasn't even that comfortable, like, walking up to my boss's boss in person in their office with all the things happening and going on. And so I don't know, again, if that's just the culture of the company and being more accessible, but I find it to be much easier on Slack to just be like, hey, had this thought, you know, can I can I grab some time with you versus, like, the perception of, of busyness in person. Yeah, there, the there's the suit walks around the office once a month and like looks really busy, and it's like, well, I'll never meet him. Like, I, I don't know, it's, it feels very different to me. But that could just be a culture thing between. Again, I, mm -hmm. I never experienced it in in the same organization, so it's really hard to tell if that's just if that's at all related to being remote or if it's just a a, a company culture. Yeah, that's one of the big reasons why it's so important. Like you know, as we were talking about earlier, like the key to all of this is the leaders at the company need to be able to honestly explain why they want people back in the office because I have a feeling that in a lot of cases and not all of them, but in a lot of cases, it's just, it, if you, if you dig deep enough, if you do the, the, you know, the sort of childlike thing of why, answer but why but why yeah. and you keep going further and further down into the layers of the onion you inevitably get to the rotten core of we uh, we just assume that you are not doing your work right if you're not here and like that I, that's just a it's a bad reason and I think building on top of that, like kind of related, but not exactly the same, is that I have a feeling a lot of people who happen to be more senior in their careers, which means they had experience in office and who are now managers, um, are not as comfortable managing remotely. 100%. Partially due to training is that they don't really know how. So their, their managerial styles are set up for in person and it's a very different role and that's kind of what you're saying but it's they're, a little different because i'm saying there's people in the middle management and upper management who knew how to who were managers in person and now they're like i don't know how to know if my people are doing their jobs it, yeah and and so that that's part of it too and that's something i i try to be mindful of but how do you we're asking people to become leaders without any role models and by that i mean if you are if you are a manager now, and I mean I I deal with this. Um, if you're a manager now, and I had a discussion with uh, uh, someone above me the other day, I'm having to manage in a different style than anyone I'm learning how to do it from, or they're learning at the same time as me. And so when we say <laughs> when when people say we. Th that we is different than it was before and in the way you are inclusive of we is different than it was before and i i hadn't really thought about this as explicitly as now but like we we're asking people 
not only people who who don't understand the the value of of being in the same room because they've never experienced it, but you're also then telling their leaders who have spanned both, hey, you're trying to learn how to manage this way, but I need you to go back and manage this way. People that don't know why that is important. So there is no guide for it. And so, and it comes back to then the people that want you to come back in, their jobs are not only, or I deal with this a lot, their job is mostly talking to people and they don't like using Teams. They don't even like texting. Like they really just want to get on the phone with, with their clients or go talk to them in person and talk to them in, in, or, in organic slivers of time in between other things. And they're stir crazy because they're like, I, I don't know how to do this. And so they want to return to the mean. And I'm kind of like, this is the way it is. It's not going to change. So I might as well try to learn in this space. So it, it's there's competition there. Yeah, and you run into problems where when you have the people that like don't understand why that flexibility and ability to manage across different work styles is so important. Like if those are people that are uh, that hold your professional advancement in their hands, they are going to evaluate you on the wrong things because they the model they have in their head of someone who is a good employee is someone who shows up and looks busy. And like that, that's not, that's not right. Yeah. Well, I, it just, I actually, it just reinforces bad habits. Yeah. I, I had a, I didn't really push back because it wasn't the time and it was a very large meeting, but over the summer I, I, I am a coach and I have to present people and how they're, how they're doing. And I, I remember saying, I'm like talking about this person. I'm like, well, the people who are evaluating them, I find their criteria to be different and more austere than others. And I got pushed back from someone I don't know and was pleasant enough about it, but they were like, no, no, we have a standard way that we do it for, for everybody. And I was like, okay, but in, in like the meeting only mattered so much, but afterwards I was really bothered and talked to a lot of people about it. I was like, no, we do not. And even if we did, it's like a hundred thousand people. Is that good? That feels not good. Cause, cause we all have these different experiences. And so to be like, Hey, this is the way we lead in a, a hybrid or a remote environment. It's like, I don't know. My team works differently. Ke- Kevin works differently than Max does than I do, than you do, Sean. And and so I, I think there's an amount of, you know, grace that should be involved in this. And I get the frustration of folks I'm dealing with right now to be like, no, let's, let's go back to the way it was, even if it's just once a week. And it's like, as Max said, you have to explain why and it, as you said, Sean, if you keep asking why and people have bad faith, what is it for? Or, or to Sean's point, force it and then show some data yeah. to back up why you did it. Yeah. Say, hey, we did this. We implemented this three months ago. Look at all the look at these charts and productivity. And well, I think that data that data stuff. I don't like because people argue the data the other way, and it's like I don't know the where I work. Our projects take years and years. Like we wouldn't have, we can't have any valid data over like a thirty year sample. So. I, I kind of get annoyed when people talk about why, why aren't companies showing data. It's like because you need. Oh yeah, I'm not here. No, no, I, I da- wasn't. no data set could be 
work e- for either way. It wouldn't be fair. But I'm, yeah, I'm saying just that, be the bad guy. Just say, oh yeah, because I mean, because I told you to, and that's well. And I, th- I think that that's an, yeah. Like I think another thing companies shouldn't probably shouldn't do is like treat every like you don't need to treat every team the same way. Like yeah, yeah. The, the HR <laughs> per, at, at most companies, the HR team probably doesn't need to be in person ever. Uh, you know, I I know that I not trying to like simplify hr and it's just like i can't imagine they're doing much you know of the whiteboarding sure but this is like i mean there really there are so many other considerations that come in all this stuff like i i tend to think about this through the lens of like a media organization in a newsroom where like even when people are quote unquote in the office you like you might show up to go to a story meeting and talk about what you're working on that day and then you may not be back at your desk at all because you're out doing interviews um <clears throat> you're meeting with sources and so like you know you have to be you know you have to be innovative and flexible about this stuff if you are going to run a company and and you have to it extends out further. These tentacles extend out further than just, well, are we going to make people come back into the office? You know, uh, the the messenger just folded January 31st after blowing $50 million of funding in less than one year. And Who amongst us? And part of the problem is that the absolute shit for brains idiots that ran that place felt the need to rent expensive commercial real estate in New York, Washington, and Los Angeles. You fucking fools. You absolute fucking fools. What is wrong with you? They were always empty. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. that's, you have much bigger problems to worry about than whether people are coming into the office one day a week. And that's, I'm sure that's part of it. It's like, it's, there's, there's that where it's like, we're spending new money and there's a question of if one should do that. And then there's also a question of, should we continue to spend the money we were already spending? And and I work for a company that's asking the latter question, but you know, the former, uh, you know, Max, maybe you're working at a company that's going through some changes and you have to ask those questions and you goes, well, you know, we're trying to be different or we're expanding or something. And like, do we do the new thing that is the old thing? Um, or is this, is this okay? And that's, that's hard. I, I have to be sympathetic to people who are like, I liked the old thing. And there's, and there's new ways to do, to get the benefits of the old thing. Like, I don't know, obviously no one has all the answers, but like, my company, I just got back last well, last week. They, you know, fly everyone from around the globe to one location for a week. And there's an agenda, but it's it's not very full. And the goal is just have fun is number one. And that leads you to talk to people that like, I mean, Kevin made a point of, oh, well, these people don't need to be in the office with these people. But like, you end up talking to people that, oh, I didn't even know we had a team that did that. Hey, wait, maybe we could work together. Like, there's those natural connections that I think they're they're intangible. It's what the company wants you to get out of being in an office, but there might be other ways to do it. And it's like, hey, we're gonna fly everyone to a to a hotel for a week, and there'll be some you know food and drinks, and maybe some some topics of conversation. But in general, the overall goal is literally just to meet your coworkers. 
you get a lot of benefits from that and it's expensive but you get a lot of benefits now all of a sudden there's way more people that i can reach out to on slack and i've met them in person we've talked about something that wasn't work related (laughs) so like yeah i don't know i don't think again i don't think there's one solution for anything but I, i i get a lot of benefit out of those types of events that to some people sound stupid like well what is this team building and it's like well if you're fully remote yeah. and all in different parts of the world like it's, it's pretty beneficial right where they try to be like well is it really worth like x number of dollars it's like i can point to five million things that you spend that much money on that are like yeah not and, and your vacant offices yeah, <laughs> yeah. and and where i where i where i work has said that like they would like to cut travel as as much as possible um, and I get it. I totally get it. But there's a point where you can't do that anymore. And also, uh, you, as Max said, it's like sometimes you you got to take the measurements and you got to put them under the sofa and just ignore them. Like you don't, you the, that is immeasurable. And I think that that's really nice. And so part of it, Max, is, is like... Um, I know we started talking about lunch and as this carrot or whatever, but with your experience, it's like sometimes you just, instead of trying to have a sandwich here or sandwich there, like just have a feast, just have one feast, like, like a, like a boa constrictor or something. And that's it. That's all you have for a year. But like you, you benefit from it and you have a lot of juice from it for a long time. And that sounds really nice. Honestly, it sounds really nice. Pierce is on his way to becoming a CEO of a company and calling themselves Boa Constrictors. Yeah, I think that that's someone. Someone's are, are already done that almost assuredly, but maybe, maybe. Hey, Adam Newman is trying to uh, buy WeWork back. Maybe you could get in on the ground floor of that. All right, is he is he like actually not in jail? <laughs> <laughs> Does he have apparently not. I thought he was. Both, uh, I thought oh, he was no. broke and in jail, and now you're Kevin, telling me that he's not Kevin, in jail this and is, has money. No, this is the thing. He definitely has money. I'm pretty sure that like he is the only one who got paid because. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah yeah yeah. He did make because because he bought he bought the office space and then leased it back to WeWork and then they got purchased by uh, the the one company with the unicorn charts. Um, and yeah, so he, he's got money. <laughs> he's, 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 uh, Lex Luthor. He's like real estate. That's where the money is. So oh he's my fine. God. Oh, all right. We, we just got all, I, I know I got a little worked up over that cause I, in part because I remember, you know, the, my former employer starting to talk about, you know, trying to get people to come back to the office right before I left. And it, there was just a lot of that, like, roll your eyes. You are doing this for the wrong reasons because you don't want to evolve and learn how to deal with people better stuff going on. <clears throat> so uh, now is probably a, a good time to to uh, to, you know, call it on that topic and, and move on to Pierce's sorry. So uh, what are you apologizing um, for today? So I know we're at episode 401 and there is this just came into my mind a couple days ago and I wrote it down and I may have apologized for it before. Um, but uh, in thinking of coworkers, I think this is nice. Uh, this is uh, the time of year where we start talking about really excellent owls 
and uh, our excitement for them and we celebrate them usually with eating things we don't normally eat on a particularly a particular Sunday night in February, um, you know, the superb owl uh, festivities. So I'm reminded of a time where I was getting ready for that and I had a coworker at my house and we were preparing food um, and I wanted to make wings. I wanted to fry the wings, which I have not done very often and I did on this occasion successfully, but I think I really scared my coworker and I feel bad for it because to prepare the wings, you need to fry them in oil, or at least I was. Um, and a good way to heat something evenly is to heat it in uh, the oven. So I had a cast iron skillet, mostly full of oil to 300 some odd degrees, and that's fine. Well, I had to move the cast iron skillet, mostly full with oil, from my stove to my stove top. And you're like, okay, that's not too bad. And just imagine every movement you make, the oil is is swishing and swashing from side to side. And it is, again, oil that is, again, over 300 degrees Fahrenheit. Um, I did it successfully, but I could tell that my coworker was going, yep, this could be the end. This could be a fire and a really bad burn. And it was fine. I'm never doing that again. You heated deep fry oil in the oven? I, I believe out I of your goddamn mind. I think that it has it has some some I definitely saw it as something that one could do and, and would be helpful. But there was way too much oil in there to do that. All right. You are is because because you are a, a latecomer to the shutdown full cast. I would mm-hmm. highly recommend that you go listen to. The Thanksgiving disasters oh, episode. Yeah, Ho- Holly Anderson did this. Yeah, uh, I think I've listened to that. Yeah, for but, for yeah. a story uh, involving bacon grease being yeah. removed from an oven, uh, which uh, which should give you all of the information you need about why what you did was incredibly dangerous and well, stupid. And, and what and what she did is a thing that like one would reasonably do which is exactly. move, move a pan that has bacon in it i do that what i did is was stupid and i scared a coworker. <laughs> but you should have only scared if, yourself only if you're in person with a coworker would you be able to have those experiences <laughs> and grow from them right so the real reason right. you're worried about going back in person is because you're worried you'll get fired for doing something like that <laughs> <laughs> uh, i i uh, yeah Maybe next week I'll talk about the time uh, I I split my finger really badly uh, with a different coworker. Oh at my God! House. We are we're we're, for, we're forcing all of our employees to go watch the big game at Pierce's house. <laughs> why? <laughs> we're forcing you. <laughs> but why? You need to because learn. it's an impromptu safety training. <laughs> um, Wait, so you used a cast iron skillet, like not a Dutch oven with a lid? Listen, I was a younger person then. I'm not like it. It worked out. They were really good. I just would never do it that way again. Um, that's yeah, okay. No, no, we that's we got to the important place, which is I will not do that again. Yeah, I will not do that again. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying God. I wouldn't heat oil in the oven again because I think that there's you some shouldn't benefits. heat oil in the oven again. But you, listener, should not heat oil in the oven ever. Heat it on the stovetop that you are going to use it on. 
Yeah. Uh, yeah wait, what is the benefit of heating it in the oven? Uh, it gets faster. There is no, not one. No, it just it will be even. No, no, the, the, it'll just heat evenly. This is dumb. This is dumb. Don't don't give me a reason to explain why I thought it was a good idea because someone else will listen and think it's a good idea. <laughs> Use an induction burner. Get a portable induction burner and do it that way. You That's going to be the same. Evenly, it's a liquid. I don't. Uh, uh, no, we're. This isn't going to end in a rational place. This one and <laughs> confirm or deny. Uh, yeah. While we while we wait for that response, um. <clears throat> the big idea from pop culture i will say I, is sort of a, it's a joint thing this week because i have been um i have been indulging two sort of diametrically opposed poles in my brain all week one of those uh is the gigantic dork poll and so i i i bought this book of uh silly murder mystery themed logic puzzles uh you know the ones like the grid the sort of mm -hmm. grid of grids where you have all the clues and you know you fill it in um i just finished it today and it's this started as i guess a, a sort of wordle quote-unquote variant uh, so it's called myrtle um and I am now I am now hooked because apparently there are two volumes that have been released in print and a third one coming in April. Um, and and so I've been into that, but I have also uh, been indulging the uh, watch big man punch do cool explosion pull of my brain. Uh, and I have been watching Reacher. Oh, I I may dive into that. I don't know. I, I don't know that I'm on Amazon product right now. I can't in good conscience tell you that Reacher is good. I can tell you that if you have a watch big man punch do good explosion poll in your brain, you're going to fucking love it. You're going to love it. You're gonna love it in spite of yourself. So, um, yeah, if you are, if you are an Amazon Prime subscriber, you should, you should watch Reacher. Um, I, I'm, I, you, if you are mad that they have now introduced ads to the thing that they told you did not have ads, um, and have asked you to pay more to remove the ads. I would not begrudge you not watching Reacher out of protest. Uh, but if you're not in a protesting mood, it it, it scratches that itch very well. Um, yeah, especially if you uh, if you have watched Blue Mountain State at one point or another and have just watched that guy get bigger and bigger and bigger over time. Um, okay. Let's wrap up with our uh, our trivia question for the week, uh, Kevin. I, I think you you did me dirty. I think you put me you put me in in the muse cage. Well, uh, I did. You, you did not get it right, Sean. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> I knew right away. All right. So the question uh, today, the category is uh, literary characters on the screen, 
And the question is, uh, per Guinness, this character who debuted in 1887 is the most portrayed human literary character in film and television. So Pierce, you're in last place going into this. So what was your wager and guess? I believe my wager is 50 in Sherlock Holmes. Max. Uh, I wagered 20 points. And I, I didn't know what it meant by most portrayed. I was thinking Holmes, but I went with uh, the names Bond, James Bond. Okay, why did that change what you guessed? Because if it's like the number of minutes on this, like if it's the number of actors portraying them or like the number of unique, <coughs> like all the James Bond movies could be considered like one portrayal, right? That's why I, I didn't really okay. understand what it was asking. So, Sean? Uh, I, I wagered 75 cause I got, uh, I got greedy and then my brain shut off as soon as I did that. And I gave an answer so dumb that I really, I, I, I shouldn't even bother to say it now, uh, because I got hung up on 1887 and couldn't think of who, who came out when. Um, so I said fucking David Copperfield. Nice. Uh, it's so, an answer. I mean, it's an answer. That, that would have been like the that, that was my like the, the that was fourth my Charles Dickens answer I would have given. Yeah, uh, Pierce, you are correct. It is Sherlock Holmes. So. God damn it! So what? It, what does that mean? Most portrayals, like it probably is. It's probably higher than James Bond, no matter how you cut it. Like Sherlock yeah. Holmes is everywhere. Like cartoons, yeah. mini movies, but those aren't human. TV shows. No, that the character is a human. human. The character, the character is human. portrayals. How many times has the character been portrayed? Human literary character. Maybe put it. I, I did. I like. One. I don't. I don't. <laughs> I don't like. like I don't. I don't know. Like that. What? Well, what do you other... mean? I think that. No. How? I think yeah, still. Yeah, however I, you cut it, I bet. I don't have the numbers, but I bet how we cut it. Yeah, it's not um, close. Now you're going to have me on the internet tonight looking, but yeah, that's interesting. It's, like, it's, it's if, okay. We, it's... Don't, we don't need to feel nearly as stupid as, as we are feeling House Republicans convened a sham impeachment panel for the Secretary of Homeland Security and couldn't even get the votes through, so... <laughs> yeah. Well, Sean, don't also, worry. You uh, for the year, news so. push notifications... <laughs> So um, Pierce uh, moves into the lead after that. Mm, 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 mm. Nice. All right. That's the end of the show. You can find us at our home on the web, www.prettyokpod.com, or you can subscribe to the show feed on your podcast app of choice. We'll be back next weekend next week to talk about something else. Uh, until then, I'm Sean. I'm Pierce. I'm Max. I'm Kevin. Thanks for listening. I could feel like that for just a minute But you come with me, oh, would you resist? Oh, could you just give in? I see horses and I know there's a way I hear thunder when I start to pray If you come with me, oh, would you resist? Oh, could you just